You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people. Hope you are having a beautiful day. And if not, I hope it gets beautiful before the day is out. Or I hope you choose to reframe whatever challenges that you may be having that is causing your day not to be beautiful and make a conscious choice to shift your perspective, shift how you're seeing things and find the benefit, the beauty in it anyway. So there's a couple of things on my mind today. And one of them, um, I will, I was just having this conversation with my daughter and I had this conversation with my client earlier this week and she asked me to talk about it. I always say, well, no, I don't always say. I've been recently saying that freedom is costly but priceless, but freedom will cost you almost everything. Freedom is very, very costly. So a lot of times when we think of freedom, we think of time freedom, we think of money freedom, we think of, you know, things like that. But this is a different level of freedom. And I want to talk about this because this plagues so many people. And this is the freedom to really be you and to really be who you are authentically and to be loved or not for who you are authentically. First and foremost, let me say this. Only when you truly show up authentically will you find those people that fuck with you for real. Like when you show up authentically and apologetically, that doesn't always have to mean that you're, you know, a rebel or you're just living life on the edge, but 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 just really genuinely being who you are. That's when you find your people for real because the pretend versions of you are going to get pretend friends and, and, and people who like those versions of you. But when you are comfortable enough and have a strong enough conviction with who you are, and are willing to show that no matter what, that is when you will find your people. They may be a handful, but you don't necessarily, you can have quality over quantity. I don't need a whole, whole lot of people, but the people that I do have around me that are in my inner circle, that might be more like a half moon. I need those to be the right people and the right kinds of people. And so that all the parts of me, they can see all the parts of me and they're unfazed. Whether they disagree or agree with it is not the, the point, but they're unfazed because this is just who I am and how I show up, right? Why is that so important? Because there is so much pressure from people to conform to images that they have of us. They want us to be these people so they feel more comfortable, so they are not challenged. And a lot of times, because a lot of us have learned to people please and to pander to other people, to get approval, to get acceptance, we are living our whole adult lives at these big ages and we're still pandering to the opinions of other people, to the pressures of other people to get the approval of other people. And I was having this conversation with my daughter because my daughter and my son are planning their wedding, right? And so 
Everybody has a fucking opinion about what they should be doing, where they should have the wedding, what the color should be, who should be on the invite list, who should be doing this and who should be doing that. And I'm like, who who wrote the biggest check to you? Money talks. Who, who Whose money is talking that should actually influence your decision, right? Who's giving you money for that? People have a lot of fucking opinions, right, about who, what they think should be happening and how she should be doing this and who she should be inviting. And listen, this is what I said to my daughter. This is my daughter. I am thrilled that she is getting married. I'm thrilled about the man that she is marrying, right? My daughter could elope. I, I wouldn't feel one way or the other if she chose to elope or if she chose to go through with the wedding that she's having because you know what? I told her, I literally just told her this five minutes ago, baby, make the decisions that you feel are best for the two of you. It's not going to hurt my feelings one way or the other because it's not my life. I'm not living vicariously through you. Of course, I will be there to celebrate you if you do the grandest of the grand thing. I will be equally as celebratory if you did it in a way that felt right and true for you because it felt right and true for you for whatever reason. So she does not have, they don't have any kind of pressure on what their wedding needs to look like, where it needs to be, how it needs to happen, who needs to be on the invite list. I don't care about that because I have not imposed my opinion and invested myself in that because it's not me. Right? Does that make sense? It has nothing to do with me not caring about her. What I care about is her happiness. What I care about is her well-being. What I care about is that such a celebratory occasion is not turned into a shit show because of everybody else's unsolicited advice, unsolicited opinions, unsolicited bullshit that is not matched by a check. Right? And even then, like, I remember her joking. She was like, Ma, you're probably the only person that I'm going to let give me some money for my wedding (laughs) because she knows that my money is not coming with, oh, I don't feel like I have rights to impose my opinion about this or about that and how it is that you choose to do it. And I was like, wait a minute, let, let me give you money? Okay, we'll go with that. But that's just one example. Man, that just grinds my damn gears when people do that. Like, listen, let people live. Do y'all, do y'all realize that family pressure is probably greater a lot of times than societal pressure. That's why people say your family is not necessarily the people that you that are, are blood related to you. If you have a close-knit family, God bless you. I applaud that. I can remember I used to tell my mother, like, I don't like being around your family. Everybody just cusses everybody out. It's just so dysfunctional and toxic. I would tell her, I would much rather be around my father's side of the family because, you know, they pray over the meals and they come together and everything is just peaceful. Let me tell y'all something. My mother's family was just openly toxic and dysfunctional. It just it just was what it was, right? You just, what, what you see is, is what it is. My father's family, though, people were playing roles. And so a lot of stuff was just swept under the rug until it got so big that, you know, people started tripping over it. So initially what I thought was peace and close-knit, it was just nobody was just dealing with things that needed to be dealt with, right? So neither of those is okay with me at this point. Listen, what I desire in my relationships is truth and transparency and the ability to express my feelings, express my concerns, my disappointments, whatever those may be. And we can do that, right, in a a way that is open, in a way that is healthy. 
And um, I don't need you to think like me for me to accept you. I'm, I'm going to use my daughter and my son again. They were having a, a healthy discussion, debate. I don't know what you call it. Over, um, We were on FaceTime. And I just got to be an observer. And they were talking about a hot topic, which is, guess what? Religion. When you start talking about religion and people's gods and people's approach to God and that kind of stuff, people get really, really in their feelings. And so I was listening to this dialogue going back and forth. My daughter has always been the person who is going to find the loophole in any argument. She's always going to challenge you. Just when you think you got everything figured out and something, she's going to throw something in there and make you rethink everything. When she was a kid, it used to drive me nuts. But I love that about her because it's always like, let's not just go with the predominant thought on something because it's the predominant thought, but let's think through this, right? And I'm listening to them have this healthy dialogue just going back and forth. And a lot of it they didn't agree about. They didn't agree about. But here's the beauty of it. Guess what? You don't have to think alike, but you do just need to think together in your relationships, right? You don't have to think alike. And so he was able to embrace her perspective and say, wait a minute, but here's how I feel about this. And then she's like, but wait, I disagree or this or that. And then when they were done, she's like, you hungry? Let's get something to eat. And then it moves on to the next thing. Because what I found is there's a level of acceptance. Like, I accept you. I don't need you to be me. I don't need you to think like me. I don't need you to do certain things for me to be comfortable with you or for me to find you acceptable and vice versa. And then we move on to the next thing. I was saying to myself, damn, y'all ain't even 30 years old yet, and y'all got more emotional maturity, more emotional intelligence than, hell, me, I think, sometimes, and most of people that I work with. But my whole point in saying is this. When you are a, have learned to be, you know, I don't, I don't like labels. My daughter stops, told me to stop using labels and use behavior. When you have learned to, to use people-pleasing behavior, to get approval, and you do this, and this is how you live, I can guarantee you that not only do people not know who you truly are, you don't know who you truly are because you've had to mask your way to get approval. And what happens is we know that the moment we stop wearing these masks or the moment we stop playing these roles, there goes the approval. And so what I want to invite you to be willing to do is to lose the approval. Lose the approval because the approval is like a damn anchor. It's not grounding you. It's weighing you down. The approval of whoever it is that you're afraid to lose the approval of is going to be the difference in between you living a life that feels free, that feels true to you, that allows you to show up as who you really are, or you conforming to an image that is not God's design for you or yours. I just can't even imagine, like, maybe people who are gay. Y'all, I don't know all of the LGBTQ. I don't, I don't claim to know, like, all of those things. But people who live their lives in a way that is not acceptable to family or to the most of the people around them, and they have to hide that part of themselves, and they have to show up in a way, or they have to live in secrecy, or they have to live, you know, just like suppressing or diminishing a part of themselves because they're going to run the risk of losing approval. I saw, I was looking at a documentary. It was like a homeless documentary. This was probably a month or so ago, and they were going around asking everybody why they were homeless. And so this one guy said that when he came out to his family about his lifestyle, they 
because of their, I guess, their religious beliefs, they like disassociated themselves from him, distanced themselves. And the day that he quote unquote came out, he lost everything and, you know, just everyone that was quote unquote his support system and it sent him into a mental health crisis. And he hasn't yet been able to get back on his feet. How fucked up is that, right? Like, that's just pretty messed up. But the pressure that we can put on people to be something to us, to live in a certain way, to do certain things, a lot of people can't take that pressure. And let me tell y'all something. I'm considered probably the rebel, right, in my family. I was always a bit rebellious because it was just like, I ain't going. It's not because I just had a conscious thought of like, oh, if somebody says go left, let me just go right because I want to go right. I think it's because there was just something in me that was just like, this does not feel right. It doesn't feel true. You know, when I grew up, my mother was very, um, what's the word I want to say? It was her way, her opinion. This is how you needed to do everything. This is how your life needs to go. She had a plan mapped out and it and it didn't feel true for me. And so when I got to be about 17, I started rebelling against it. Mom, I don't want to go to college. I want to go to hair school because... I want to open up a string of salons. And she said, it's a cop out. You got to go to college. So you know what I did? I went to college aimlessly, right? Aimlessly went to college. Um, two years later, when my grandma died, I came back home. I was partying partying uh, at night, going to college by day, graduated, magna cum laude. And finally, I was like, okay, let me make something of my life. Got pregnant right after that. My mom had a whole fit, like, what are you going to do with your life? Uh, I don't know, but I got a whole, I was making $40,000 a year at the post office then. And I, while that wasn't my career, I had the means to take care of my baby, right? So it was just like, I don't know. But my life started to look unlike anything that she thought it should look like. But guess what? God's hand was always on me. God's hand was always on me when I was like, Mm, even before that, when I was 19, my father was trying to like groom me into the nation of Islam, took me to the mosque, and my skirt was so, so short. They were like, you can't come in unless you change your clothes. And my dad was like, Allah taught you a lesson that day. I'm like, Allah ain't taught me shit. I was just like, you know what? God always had a plan for me. God's hand was always on me. And so every time somebody would try and get me to conform to do things one way, I might do it for a little bit until something in me would just rise up and just be like, uh-uh, we're, we're, we're moving away from this because that is who God created me to be, somebody who is free. Not only somebody who is free, but somebody who is a freedom fighter, somebody who will then reach back to other people and say, let me help get the shackles off your mind. Being a mindset coach, you know what I do? I see locks on people's minds and I'm like, God, what's the combination, okay? Because we need to unlock this shit. That's what I am. I'm a freedom fighter. And so that means that a lot of things that people try to get me to conform to, I'm not going. I am never going to be who people think I should be. I have had more problems in my relationships, not just, uh, I'm not talking about romantic relationships, family relationships, friendships, because I am never going to be who you think I should be. I will never, ever, ever be that person. And guess what? I'm also not trying to be that person. It doesn't mean that I have no regard for relationships or no respect for relationships, but if it means that I need to be a whole other person to be in relationship with you, you need a whole other person besides me because I'm not doing that. I'm absolutely not doing that. I'm not. And so people get upset with me. 
My family, a lot of times, my family does not know what to make of me. My own mother. My own mother has no idea who I am. I'm not even saying that in a, in a bad way. My mom just, I remember my mom telling me one time, she was like, I just really don't like the person that you're becoming. Because guess what? It looks very different from your idea of me or your ideal of me. But here's what happens. Let me tell y'all what happens. People have been giving me the shit since, I mean, from a teenager to... Um, having my child, how I raised my child, I made a whole lot of mistakes. But guess what? God was with me even in that. And I made a whole, whole lot of mistakes. I was healing my own trauma while I was trying to raise a child and then trying to not inflict her with the same trauma. And I did, right? But thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Thank God that I was always willing to keep going until it was corrected. And it looked ugly, but I was willing to get in the trenches and go through the ugly processes and go through the criticisms and go through everything that was necessary. And so now people look and they say, oh, you're daughter is this and you have such a great relationship. That didn't come. That freedom of relationship didn't come without a cost, though. That freedom came with a lot of criticism. It came with a lot of isolation. It came with a lot of aloneness when I was like, God, I feel like I'm by myself. But I'm like, God, I feel like my, my heart is in the right place. The desire that I have for her to be somebody completely different from me and to have different opportunities in a different life, that is always where my heart was, right? The methods were not always the best because guess what? I didn't have a handbook. I didn't have a handbook. I had my own dysfunctional family. Guess what? I didn't have a role model for, for parents or a role model to show me how to create this beautiful human that I wanted to see in the world. And so guess what? I had to learn, unlearn, fail, get back up again. And it felt like I was doing it from scratch and it felt like I was doing it alone, but God was always with me, right? So a lot of times we're not willing to risk rejection. We're not willing to risk isolation. We're not willing to risk people distancing themselves from us. We're not willing to risk living against the grain and going against the grain because people won't understand. Who do you owe an explanation to your life for? Who do you owe an explanation to? I was When I was telling y'all about one of my clients, one of my clients is making like a major, major change in her life. I'm so celebratory, celebrating with her, celebrating for her. Anytime you're making a major change, guess what? It does not come without fears, fear and fears. We don't have to get over the fears. We get through the fears. We plan and you can't plan for everything. And we trust that whatever, whatever comes up, you can meet it with grace, right? But here's what happens. Because this plan that she has and this thing that she's doing falls outside of the realm of what so many other people think is possible. They have questions. They have concerns. They have this. And so people will always project their limitations onto your possibilities. People will always project their fears onto what it is that you're doing. So you actually have to develop within yourself like strength, core strength strength within yourself, strength of resolve, like strength of mind. You have to develop that within yourself to withstand all of the things that will come at you when you are making decisions that go against the grain. But for me, it's worth it. You know, even Frederick Douglass said, an educated man is hard to enslave. And so you know what I spend most of my time doing? I spend most of my time educating myself. Not educate. I educate myself on concepts and, and things to help my business. But the best thing that I need to learn is me, learning me. What do I need? How do I move my life forward in a greater way? What is working for me? What is not? 
Because the more I know about me, the more I'm in tune with me, the harder it is for somebody to enslave me and put shackles on my mind when me and me are like, "Ah, ah, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel true. I have walked away from a lot, a lot of things, a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of situations to follow what I felt was better. I didn't have the roadmap to better yet. I didn't know what better looked like. I didn't know if it was going to work. But it was one of those, the, the Bible, um, there's a story when the lepers were lepering and they were like, why are we going to sit here until we die? For me, for me personally, not moving forward and not making progress is akin to death. And so for me, why am I going to sit here until I die? I'm going to get up and go see what's on the other side. I don't know what it is, but I won't know unless I move, right? So in doing that, it requires taking so many risks. It, I said this in another podcast, but the biggest risk, I think, is risking relationships, risking people's misunderstanding, risking the loss of relationships to stay true to you. And so a lot of times you have to hold things and you have to hold people loosely because people won't understand. And you try to make people understand something, you're trying to help people see a vision that is still blurry for you. You don't even fully see the vision yet. It's still blurry for you, right? You're just wrapping your mind around it and you can hardly do so, but you're trying to get somebody else to see what you see because you want them to come along with you or you want their approval for what it is that you're doing. Can you do it if you don't have it? The closer the relationship, the bigger the stakes. Can you still pursue it if you don't have people's understanding and if you don't have people's approval? Because the biggest thing that will happen is if you don't, you're not being true to you. Let me tell you what people praise. People praise results and outcomes, right? I have looked crazy doing a lot of things, trying to figure out certain things in my life. But then people see the outcome and the results and they're like, oh, wow, that was brilliant. It wasn't brilliant until you saw the outcome into the results. So if you're expecting people to be on board with you in the beginnings of something, when things are ambiguous, when things don't really have full shape and form, listen, let that shit go because you won't have that. You've got to be a big enough cheerleader. You like, if God is for me, who can be against me? God is with me. God will never leave me or forsake me. So if I don't have anybody else, I got God, right? I got God and the other person that you need to make sure that you have is you. You got to make sure that you're on board with you. You have to make sure that you are an advocate for you. You have to make sure that you and you are good because a house divided against itself cannot stand. So if you and you are divided, you're fucked, right? So me, I always say the battle is between you and you. So I'm always like, hey, me and me need to be solid. Every place that feels like, you know, divided within me, what do I need to do so that that gap is closed, right? Because any when when me and me are solid, things on the outside of me don't have that much effect. Things and people on the outside of me don't have that much effect. I can look at people and say, I love them. And I can look at people and say, I understand that they don't have to understand. I can look at people and say, I also don't need them to understand, right? Listen, some of us have things that we've been given to do in the world that 
will position our families, that will affect change for our families. And because it's so far outside of the inherent mindsets of our families, our families won't understand. It's not that they don't love you. They don't get it. They don't understand. They, they don't understand. And so people will naturally want you to feel safe. And so I want you to feel safe. So if what you are doing makes me feel uncomfortable, then guess what? I'm going to project that fear right onto you. And if you're not solid enough within yourself, then you are going to absorb those fears and then you're going to slow down what it is that you're doing. Let me tell y'all something. My spiritual mentor said, Tish, since this whole COVID thing started, she said, you have not stopped moving and you have not stopped going. And I said, right, like what? what and I don't intend to. I'm trying to understand what's your point. I said, listen, I take the precautions. I build up my immune system. Um, and then I'm going to live my life. I'm going to die from something. It won't be from foolery. That's I'm, I'm not minimizing that at all, but I am not about to allow this thing to consume my life and restrict my progress, right? As long as I have energy and breath in my body, I'm moving forward. This last week, I've been sniffling and sneezing and I had a scratchy throat. My daughter's like, Ma, I think you need to get a COVID test. Yep, I'm going to get a COVID test Tuesday. I don't feel bad. Moving right through this thing, guess what? I'm not, I don't know that it's COVID or not, but guess what? As long as I have breath in my body, I'm sniffling, not anymore. I was sneezing a little bit, blowing my nose, taking my supplements. Life still moves forward. And so, as long as I have breath in my body and energy in my body, the vision that I have for my life, that is the thing that I am focused on, right? My daughter was kind of afraid of like, you know, some people saying, I told you so. Listen, if that's the kind of thing that exists in your heart, like I told you so, listen, I don't have anything to do with that. But as for me and, and me moving forward, guess what? I'm going to keep moving forward. The one thing about me, if y'all don't know this, I am progressive. I am always making progress. I'm always evolving. I'm always becoming another version of myself. I am not the person, even if I'm sitting still physically, you can damn sure bet that mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I am in motion. That's just me. That's just my life. And so I'm constantly changing what I believe last week. I might not believe it this week. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with me. And so the people that are around me, guess what? If they continue to be around me, then they must be okay with it also because I'm not going to change who I am and try to present this glorified version of myself to make people happy. If you fuck with me, you fuck with me for real. If you don't, I'm okay with that as well, right? Like I, I'm I'm 49 years old. Listen, I, I'm not I'm not trying to out here trying to get people's approval. Listen, that's that that has not ever gotten me anything that I needed because I approve of me. Flaws and all, areas and opportunities for growth, things that I'd like to change. There's probably a line that can go down a block and around the corner of what people feel that I need to change about me. But I think that if you take that same energy and direct it towards yourself of what you need to change about you we would have something in common because most of my attention is focused on myself and on how it is that I can be better. So now let me cycle back to what I was saying <clears throat> at the very beginning of this, right? I talked about freedom before. 
But now I'm talking about the freedom to be yourself, the freedom to be you, the freedom to break the rules, the freedom to question the rules, the freedom to say, who told you that? Who told you that this was right? Who told you that this was the right way, that this was right for you? The freedom to question everything because most of the shit that we believe is something that somebody told us. It's not our own original thought. It's something we've been conditioned to believe is right, and we've carried out traditions that don't necessarily serve us. So to, to, to question everything means you throw your life into um to upheaval. And a lot of us are not willing to do that. But I was willing to do that to get to what felt true for me. So my life is lived in a way that I'm not I'm not stressed about, oh, let me let me be this way with this person or let me be this way with this person or let me do this. I am who who it is that I am, right? And I'm really okay with that. So it takes heart, it takes courage to be free to take off the layers, to take off the masks, and to let people just deal with you how they choose to or not. Like, let the chips fall as they may. Everybody just does not need to accept you. The most important thing, though, is to know that God accepts you, not based on what you do or don't do, not based on anything except for the fact that you are God's creation. And so if God can accept you just because, surely you can accept you. And if people can't accept you, they don't even deserve a space in your life. They don't even deserve to share the air that you breathe. They don't even deserve that. So let's listen. While we want the approval of people, let's be more discerning and say, do these people actually deserve to be in my life? Do these people actually deserve the blessing that I am, right? Just think about that. I love each and every one of y'all. Have a beautiful, beautiful day.